Welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness with Dana and Kat. Together, we give a new voice to kinky sexual wellness. We're not your average wellness advocates, so let's peel back the layers of kinky wellness and talk about it. Welcome back to the show, Katrina. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. So today's episode is another bit of a wellness rant. Because we, yes, well, we just saw another BuzzFeed article that focuses on the amount of pain that women are going through. And we had just done another wellness rant back for protection for the new year. And so Mm -hmm. we just wanted to touch back on this and how ridiculous this is still becoming. Yes, it's sad. Like there's so many things that are coming out and you're just like, people should be in such pain. (laughs) Well, they're not being warned. Like what the, the thing that I irks me the most about the article is that the thousands of comments of women being like, no, I reported it. I even said it to the doctor. And in the article, it goes on to say that they just get ignored, but the woman was multiple centimeters dilated. And if she was actually pregnant, she would have had an epidural at the way that she was dilated. And that was from her insertion of her IUD. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And her, the nurse that she got was just standing there being like, no, people handle pain differently. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. It's okay. But then, yeah, these are serious, serious issues. And so she got it removed and all of a sudden her body came back to normal and it's because it immediately went into shock and was like, get this out, get this out. Yeah. Well, I've had like, I was, I was watching this guy on TikTok about similar ones with the um, IUD and he was saying it's insane because we offer like local general anesthetic when like blokes come in and get started, like get the snip done mm-hmm. or have certain things done. He's like, but there's um, when women are having or like people with uteruses are coming in and having the coil or the IUD put in, there's no like no one's being offered any like local anesthetic to numb the pain. And it's been confirmed or like not confirmed, but it's been likened to the pain of having it in is all is as close to the pain of having of pregnancy and childbirth and yes what the hell and then people are like this is why I don't believe by the way that when people are like oh women are the weak ones I'm like have you seen what we go through (laughs) yeah no this is ridiculous and even when they say that this is good for you or can help you with xyz it's just Like, it's one thing to not tell you, like, it's so wrong with these IUDs, the more information that I look at, because yes, it's not just that you reduce your chances of pregnancy, but even having the insertion in can leave you in a situation where you can't get pregnant, even when it's out. That's a huge, huge, huge red flag that they don't tell you uh, about. Like, that's one of those side effects that I don't, in my situation, at least I wasn't told of that. And no, and that was only because I know I mentioned it in the first podcast, but there was a woman from Russia who was telling me that they are told those risks in their healthcare and we're not here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But I think it is a really interesting one because I find like in the UK, birth control is something that just gets chucked at women. It is like, you know, you have acne, you have an irregular period, you have a heavy period, you have a painful period, you have anything, even if it is not necessarily related to um, pregnancy and the um, and childbirth, and you're immediately offered like the pill or the IUD. Yeah. 
And it's, you're like, yeah, but one, the pain is having massive effects. So like we talked about in the first one, it's actually becoming one of the biggest causes of why 16, 17 year old girls are developing vagismus outside of even before they've even had sexual intercourse. That blows my mind. That still gives me chills. I know. And you're like, that is how painful and also intrusive it is because Mm -hmm. of the fact that you're like, you don't know, like with vagismus, it's the mental side of it. So you've clear, clearly something has to have happened for your brain to go with well, the last time something went near me down there. I could It hurt. It's not just, just hurt. It's it's not just hurt, excruciatingly pain on that pain level scale yeah. of like off the charts. Yeah. And then you're like, not even to mention the fact that in certain cases, like they've, not even just the IUD, but it's like had an impact on women's fertility and women's cycles. So like my sister had the implant, which is the one I said about in the arm. And like she's developed, she was completely fine until she did it. And then through it, she's ended up developing um, polycystic ovary syndrome. Oh, so like now my sister's in this, it, like this problem where like her and her husband have been talking about potentially having kids. And now she's like, she can't well, like he's not that's able what's to sad. At the moment. It's, yeah and it's awful well that's how I feel about even in the pill like when people will be on the pill for since they were 12 13 14 15 and then they're on it for 20 years of their life then they try to get off of it and can't have kids anymore it's because you've just programmed your body with all these hormones like it's not gonna work like your body is now thinking to itself I just shouldn't get pregnant like it fucks it up somehow oh yeah so I've been offered the pill multiple times with like when I've gone into the doctors about my periods and mm. I have had to put my foot down really firmly and say, I don't want it. I don't want any of that because mine isn't the worry about the period. Like, yes, I have a heavy flow. Yes, I have a lot of pain with mine. However, um, mine is the mental side of things that I have a lot of issues with. And like, yeah, talking about doctors who won't take it seriously, like there is no doctor in the UK that is even like knowledgeable about anything outside of PMS. Well, yeah, like like PMS, just certain facts that I got about PMS, like period pain is actually, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like Desamira, I'm going to put it in the comments. It's a really long word, (laughs) but like menstrual cramps, you're actually not supposed to have them. They're not supposed, you're not supposed to be in pain. So uh, from my perspective, like I used to have periods that were painful before the IUD, I got the IUD, then I didn't get period pains. Like sometimes I would get in my back, like a little bit, like I felt it a little bit, but I didn't get periods per se the way I used to. And then through that transition, I, you know, I've changed my diet, changed my eating, my exercise. And now I don't have any period pain at all. Zero whatsoever to the point where I'm going to knock on wood here. But I just cannot believe it. Like, I just was staring at my husband being like, I can't believe that I'm not having any pain at all. Like, I don't know where, (laughs) I don't know what happened here. But I do think it's because I started working out more and eating better. And, you know, the same old, same old, they always tell you what to do, but it works. But also another thing I learned about period pains is it's also heritable. So you can get it from like your mom, like through your lineage. I didn't know that. So yeah so mine is my nan didn't used to get them that bad but my mum my mum gets the exact same symptoms as me including like the pain but like so for me mine's a really interesting one because like I didn't have a regular period until about 
five no not even five about just as COVID hit first year of COVID three years ago really um, yeah so I started my period very young I had my period when I was still in primary school so that was I was just turned 11 mm-hmm. um I had boobs and like a full I had like boobs and pubes when I was like nine like yeah. I hit puberty very very young um and then basically from the age of 16 I developed an eating disorder and my eating disorder I was a size at my skinniest I was a size zero Mm. like that's how skinny I was I looked like a junkie the only way to describe me like anyone who tells you that that skinny is like attractive I'm like only if it's a natural like you're naturally that skinny because no like so I didn't have a lot, I didn't have like, I had my periods, but my periods would be like every two, two months, mm-hmm. um, like on and off. Sometimes they'd be heavy. Sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes it would be a day. Sometimes it was just, they were so irregular. Um, and then when COVID hit, I ended up in a situation where like I started eating healthier again. I started eating regularly and I finally beat my eating disorder. And then it, um, my body kickstarted my body hitting the final bit of puberty, apparently. And now I've got like a really regular period. So I know that I'm coming on on the 8th. It's like, you know, but I get really bad period pain. I'm like, I think it's my body's punishment for like me de- trying to destroy it for so many years. <laughs> oh. Well, so congratulations on- like, No! <laughs> Well, firstly, congratulations on beating that. That is very, very good. And two, like I have heard that if you're low weight, like gymnasts will skip their periods if they're really underweight or small, something like that. Yeah, it is. It's because I'm like, your body just doesn't have the, there's just nothing there for it to have. Yeah. um, Yeah, it was a really weird one going from it, but I get, yeah, I get like my back goes. And I wouldn't say my back, my back isn't, it's not always painful, but it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? There is a di- I think there is a level of when we talk about period pain where I'm like, I, do- I can handle it on- when it's uncomfortable. So like when it's at your ba- on your back and you like, like I've got a million hot water bottles for like my back or like that achy feeling mm-hmm. where like, cause sometimes mine are so heavy. It's like, I can just feel them coming out of me. Yeah. Um, but then the pain ones, like my first day of my period, I'm ill, like yeah. ill with how painful they are. I have to take a day off work. I get migraines. I'm like on the floor in the bathroom, curled up near the toilet, just so that I can throw up from the serious level of pain. Well, but- I look into stuff like that. Yeah. And like, it's, um, it's not supposed to hurt, but yet I don't, I feel like I don't really know anybody who doesn't have something yeah who hasn't suffered at some point yeah and I think that's like because I was really shocked because I heard that with this guy that was talking about it as a doctor and he was like you know like myths that you go through and I think it was um alongside the BuzzFeed article that I sent you it just came up on my for you page and he was like yeah one of the biggest myths that we have is that periods are supposed like that it's normal for periods to be in pain he's like it's normal like it's normal for the discomfort of it, like what you're going through isn't, but 
these side breaking, like debilitating, can't go into work. Yeah. That's gotta be from processed foods and things like that. Cause that there, that's definitely environmental. I I think it's environmental. I think it's stress. A lot of it can be stress related as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never had a bad diet. I would say like, even when I was a kid, my mom always made sure that we weren't living on processed food, Mm -hmm. but it is an interesting one. Yeah. I'm going to look more into that, but like, did anyone ever talk to you about your periods when you were getting them? Like your mom or. Yeah. So I, um, my sister, my older sister's five years older than me. So it was always something, and I'm from a very female dominant family. So it was like, it's the same with puberty, like even going through them, they weren't like, it was never a hush hush subject. It was, this Mm. is happening that. And I remember, cause like, I didn't really know what was going on with my body. When I first got like hair down there, I thought there was something wrong with me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I thought there's something wrong and I had to be calmed down because it's a very, it's, it's a very normal thing. It's a very natural thing. But when you were nine years old, it is a very shocking thing. Absolutely. No one talked to me about periods or anything like that. Like I, I, the first time I ever heard someone actually talk about it was in grade nine from a phys ed teacher. And even like my mom did not talk. Like it was one of those things, like she must've noticed that things were disappearing from underneath the bathroom thing, but like nothing. I think what the first day I got it, she let me stay home. But then after that, there was no conversation. Sorry. I I didn't get a day off. I got sent into school with a spare pair of underwear. Ah, That's funny. Already in them. Um, But my, I don't know if you had it. I had like, cause I've never been a rowdy child. I was an angel. (laughs) Um, and then we had this period of like six months of me just being a nasty bitch. Like, <laughs> I can't even like that. And there is no other way to describe it. I made like three of my aunties cry just because I wanted to. And everyone yeah. was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> oh my God. This is, and this is like a few years after my parents divorced. They were like, she can't really use that as an excuse something's going on and then I came home crying and I was like there was blood in my knickers like because I spotted mm. and I was like I don't know what this is and then yeah my mom was like okay my entire family breathed a collective sigh of relief because <laughs> oh. they all knew so I've been told to be prepared for it but it was just like I just remember I think yeah I was at my mom's work at the time when she worked in the video shop. So yeah, this is like early 2000s or like, yeah. I think, sorry. Yeah, I remember being like, mom. And she was like, what have you broke? And I was like, that was blood in my knickers. And my mom was like, ah, that's baby. Oh my goodness. Oh, but it's the thing no one talked about with me was the mental side of things. And like, I know we're going to talk about PMD in a bit, but it wasn't that I think is it can be hereditary because my well, mom same like the same symptoms as I do. For PMD, just break it down a little bit. So I was not aware of what this term meant. And I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it to tell you the truth. Like so it's called so it's PMD day, which is called premenstrual dysmorphic disorder, described on women's health as a health problem similar to PMS but is more serious. It can cause severe irritability 
irritability, depression or anxiety in the week or two before your period starts with symptoms going away two or three days after your period starts. So this can be like the only way I can describe how I feel two weeks before my period is crazy. When people are like, irritability and like people are like oh yeah I get really bad anger when I've like with my PMS oh I get like you know little things annoy me I'm like I have fantasized about breaking someone's fingers because they were typing too loud on my laptop okay I've had to cancel like I've made plans with friends and I've had to cancel them and be like I love you but I know like by this point I'm so angry at everything and I don't want to take it out on you because all you're doing is breathing at me and they're saying that like, this is due to periods like because yeah, this is due to periods so it's that my um it, and it's a really hard thing it's, it's something that's recently been talked about because there was a case where this woman was like basically her and her, I remember reading about it a few years ago in like Cosmo it was like you know one of those like somebody writing about their own stories kind of thing and I remember hearing about it and I was like that's not really a thing and she was like two weeks before my period I have to get my partner to leave the house because I am afraid I'm going to abuse my partner really yeah they were like I get so angry that I get violent and I'm not a violent person the rest of the month but for this week there is nothing he can do that doesn't make me want to hit him and my mum is really like I remember saying to my mum about it and I was like I feel in like I was like it's that it's like brain fog and it is awful Mm. it's like I know I've got things to do I've got there is no motivation it's like blah and then obviously I'm getting upset because of that I get like panic attacks about going out of the house I get um like my anxiety goes insane Mm. and like the worst thing for me is my depression so the reason it's been taking so long trying to get a doctor to take me seriously is I've already been diagnosed with severe depression and severe anxiety um years ago and I remember going and the doctor was like to me well are you sure it's not just a depressive episode and I was like no because I've I've come a long way. I've done the work. I've done the therapy. I know what my triggers are. I recognize when I am depressed, but my depression is not this bad anymore. Like my depression is manageable. I am at a point where I'm afraid I'm going to self-harm again. I've had to call my friends to come and do like, make sure I don't hurt myself. Mm. Like that's just how it is. I'm like, I hate, I, I'm like, you know me. I am a very vain person. <laughs> Everybody should have a little self-love. That's what I feel. I'm like, you know, I, even on my worst days, I would still maintain I'm an attractive person. Yeah. When I, like two weeks, like about two weeks out, I hate myself. Like I don't really recognize the person in the mirror, mm. but I hate the way she looks. I hate everything about me. I can't look at myself without feeling ill. I feel disgusting and it'll go and it'll go and it'll build and build and build. And then literally like my period will start and it's like, bing, back to my normal self. No way. And oh my gosh. Such, it's such a switch that it was um, as I got, and it's become something I've, we've noticed 
as I've become more regular and I remember calling my mum and I was crying and I was like I feel insane I feel trying to explain it to anybody I can yeah. see people think I'm lying I can see people going all right Kat, it's not that it's not that big a deal and I'm like I can't work I can't do anything like it just freezes me for about mm-hmm. a week and a half before I was like and it's really hard and it's really hard work to deal with and to live with and I was like I just I feel like I'm lying and my mum was like I've never thought you were lying because this is what I get. And my mum is like in her menopause at the moment. And like when my mum was at the beginning of her menopause and was still having periods, she was like, yeah, these are, this is the exact same thing that I was getting. Oh, wow. And okay. I was like, why didn't you talk about it? And she was like, because I like you, I, I didn't have anybody that was going to, nobody else in the family has had a, uh, menopause as bad as mine yeah he's gone through any of these simply these symptoms so I have no idea what was normal and what wasn't but it's the fact that you've been like you've started looking into PMDD and the fact that you so I took a look at it and yeah I've had this all my life and I was like I could have handled the pain <laughs> Well, what do they say? Is there anything you can do? Like, obviously there's got to be something. There's nothing at the moment. Oh, wow. There's a lot of organizations that are like, because this has just started being talked about, there's a lot of organizations that are just starting to do the research and they're just collecting the data. And then I'm hoping they're going to go and look into it. But the most I've had is the doctors trying to put me on the pill or the IUD. And just uh, trying to stop my periods altogether. But it's like I said to them, I was like, my worry isn't the period itself. My worry is I'm going to have no period, but I'm still going to have that week where my brain goes crazy. And I'm still going to, and like, because of the amount of hormones on me, like I'm in, I'm really afraid that that's going to impact me because I always remember one of my friends having the IUD and the amount of hormones and the amount of like the surge of the initial hormones finally pushed her and she ended up developing um, bipolar disorder. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was done. Even the doctor that they had to take her off of it immediately because she got hospitalized. But I'm like, that's my biggest fear is I'm going to have something and the hormones are just going to be what breaks me. You know what? I'm starting to think anytime you fuck with hormones, man, you're going to fuck with your body. You should just not fuck with hormones. I think at the end of the day, let's. Yeah, exactly. But it's still like, it's awful. But yeah, it was, it wasn't till like, I remember it was, it took a while. It took like three or four, like over the first year of me having a regular period. Mm -hmm. It took a while. And I remember having this moment. I had like a meltdown in Tesco's because I asked Ty to pick up something for me and he didn't. And I had a bit of a meltdown at him. And he was like, this is every month, every month. Like he's like, I don't know if you've noticed it, but like, this is every month right before your period comes on Mm. that you get like this. So I started monitoring it and I started journaling it. So I journal specifically on those weeks before my period and we went back through and it's yeah how low I get is awful it's insane so if anybody is feeling these symptoms please go and talk to your doctor 
there are there are um what is it like natural remedies have been things that I've been looking at that have been what what are those uh so I think what is it um worm root or what's the name of it like the herb worm root tea that's good to know and I know like there's like some other ones because I use calms when I can't sleep and I know that's the same herbal remedy Mm -hmm. so I'm using that and then there's yeah and then the only other thing that I have actually found that helps is uh weed yeah well actually I was gonna say (laughs) weed has been known to help even with um some pains I was looking at uh, ancient Chinese medicine cultures even they use weed for morning sickness with people that are pregnant so I'm not like I'm not saying smoke weed during your pregnancy or anything like that but I'm just saying that there's other things out there that weed can help for and pain is definitely one of them yeah so I've got edibles it's part of the reason why I get my edibles and like I get my chocolates because it's a very low dose so it's a nice little high but it just relaxes my body and it helps with the mental symptoms as well because it just calms me down yeah but yeah so the only because the only other thing they offered to put me on was antidepressants and I had to say to the doctor like I'm not going on antidepressants I think when it yeah and when it comes to things like this type I don't think that pills can fix this all the time this idea I think when it comes to like menstrual cycles there's a lot of things that need to come down to food water intake your sleep like what time you turn the tv off or the blue screen off or whatever the case may be all of these things affect us not just yeah and it's I think the worst thing is like it's great that these are things that are just starting to be talked about but there's so much we don't know. So like with the menopause as well, like you think we are, we're talking about periods, we've still got more things that we're going to go through with our body. Yeah, that's true. The peri, what is it? The perimenopause, which is like before and the actual menopause itself. And I'm like, my mum has had to change her entire diet. Really? Just to try and find what does and doesn't set off her hot flushes. That's interesting. Yeah, she's really sad. She's had to give up tomatoes. And my mum's cravings are tomatoes covered in salt. <laughs> tomatoes? Oh, no. Oh, Yeah, man. she's like so many things. But like, even with that, so I did actually find some little kinky, like some well, sexual wellness facts with menopause okay. uh, as well to help. Was, um so they, what is it? They say less sex can lead to an early menopause. So I should probably be starting mine next week. <laughs> oh my god so a recent study um, grabbed headlines but it was cosmopolitan that pointed out an important scientific acknowledgement correlation does not equal causation it's possible that those who are genetically predispositioned to the menopause lead less active sex lives probably because of the aforementioned symptoms don't always put you in the mood because obviously like you know it can be anything from oh yeah it's the peri perimenopause from like hot flashes different like your cycle your monthly cycle and like the one that everybody always talks about is your um like the lack of sex drive and obviously the lack of getting wet and it's like well um what is it the menopause results in less sex well actually it is true that the libido can decrease during menopause for many women but that doesn't mean that it's the end of sex for good um so a study in 2016 showed that when 70 women who'd experienced difficulty getting aroused were able to increase vagin- vaginal 
lubrication, orgasm, and genital sensation after three months using a vibrator. So they are actually recommended to use vibrators with um, when you're going through the menopause because of the fact that it increases, obviously, you getting wet. Mm-hmm. And by by making sure you keep that up, um, you actually look after the general elasticity of the vulva itself, resulting in keeping a healthy vulva um, and also making sex less painful. Um, so yeah, so obviously menopause can make sex painful. Another cause of looking at a problem without considering the possible solutions, vaginal dryness, use lube. Hot bad, hot bad flashes, look at hormone therapy. So hormone, I think HRT in the UK is now, they've just made it cheaper for women. But if you are going to have HRT, please do look into um, cancer within your family, specifically breast and cervical, because in my family, we're not allowed HRT because of the high risk of cervical cancer in mine. Um, so yeah, my poor mum. <laughs> Wow. So yeah. So, which is basically like having a low dose of estrogen or estrogen plus, um, like a, like the pill, um, to kind of help with the hot flushes. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the menopause and sex, you can still have sex, and you're, there are three phases of menopause, by the way. So, like women don't start, or like vulva and uterus holders don't stop until we're like nearly sixties, because we have to go through like all three phases menopause as well we are just little we're aliens like we bring we're little, like, aliens. Just little aliens women like any of this jazz like just so much happens within this little body like we're a planet that's how I feel about it it is it's so and you kind of it's really sad though when you think like these this is something that takes up a good while 70 80 percent of our actual lives and yet there's fuck all studies being done about well, these and the causes and the effects and the symptoms and how we can help aside from just throwing hormones at or women. Pill. like the yeah. magic pill like it's as if that's the case or the cure here like I remember the whole discussion about male um male pregnancy stuff here and they were saying like oh it increases male suppression and that was one of the main reasons that it got revoked and it's yes. one of those things like that's on every single packet, like, especially the pill. I feel like I see more and more stats coming out that women on the pill are more depressed because it is fucking up their hormones. And again, all these thousands of millions of women are taking one brand, two brands. There's like top two, three, four. They're all the same company, different names, but we're all individual people too. So it's difficult to, when I look at stuff like that, I used to think, oh yeah, we can all take it, but it's the same thing. Like you can't dose everybody the same dosage and expect the yeah. same result across the board. That's not going to work. It is, I think, yes, I remember that about the male, the male pill. And like when they were going through the list of symptoms and they were like, they have this, they have this, they have this. And they were, ex- and like all of the men reading it were like, oh my God, this is so shocking. And all the women I know were like, that's literally the same things that we all deal with. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is it's okay for us to feel like this, but you can't handle it. I do find that men don't really understand a lot of it. Like, have you seen the videos of like blokes going through the, um, that you can get like a thing and it's meant to help bring about the same feeling. Oh like yeah. 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 I love watching it. <laughs> well, I think like, I know that there's negative connotations about like how men can 
be like, ew, periods are gross and stuff like that. But they're raised like that. I feel like women are taught that their own periods are gross too. Like it's, of course, men are going to think it's grossed out when women themselves are not taught enough. Cause if you wake up and there's just blood all over you and like cookie shit all over it. Yeah, man, that's pretty gross and scary. You could be pretty like what's happening, but (laughs) Um, because the education is just not there as well. It always comes back to the lack of education, but I used to to get really angry when a guy was like, oh, periods creep me out. And then I got older and I was like, you know what? You know what? That's just lack of education. And you guys were programmed to think this was gross. So I don't really blame you to a degree until you get a little older and then you got to figure it out on your own. (laughs) There's only so long I'll let you live with that until you need to grow up out of it. When you when you're in like a committed relationship with a woman, like if you're still like a 30 year old man going to your girlfriend, oh, periods are gross. Like fuck off, she's dealing with something. Yeah, well, like early 20s, I think I even that I'll kind of be like, you know what, that's fine. But when you get to your mid 20 and you're up there, and no one or you haven't looked at it, I don't know if I should feel sorry for you or like sorry for the women that you're gonna be with. Exactly. So. But like on that point you were saying about with women I know what you mean I think because like like in all things of a lot of women's life we get pushed a certain narrative of what it is to have like a good period or mm-hmm. like to be a good woman and a bad woman and it's like the tampon versus um pad debate Oh my God. Everyone's like, it feels like a diaper. It's this and that. And I just feel like that's such damaging. What pads are you using? (laughs) Well, it's yeah. What pads are you using? But still like, I don't think I really ever had a problem with it. Cause I was like, well, I'm either going to die or just take your comments. So I don't really care. And I never brought it up ever high school. That was one thing I did not touch. I didn't want to get into it with girls. I didn't want to start explaining myself with it. I just shut it down. And so I guess it's kind of partly I don't want to say it's my fault because I was a teenager and I was scared to talk about it too. Cause I was like, Oh, people will just make fun of me because I can't wear this thing. So, but now I've gotten older and it's like 90% of that shit's filled with toxics anyways. So you shouldn't be putting it in you anyways. Um, and you should completely go organic and non-chemical on that because when you put those tampons in, like read the fucking label, man, like it's seep- toxic seep out into you. Like it's just crazy. Yeah, mine is like, because I've, I've gotten into quite a few arguments about it with like the tampon versus pad debate. And I, I remember like in high school, it wasn't really something. It was just, you just, you took, you took what you could get. For me, luckily I always had pads on me. Mm-hmm. And obviously with having vagismus, I've not been able to get a tampon in me anyway. Like even mm-hmm. the thinnest tampon is too big for me. Um, but then it was the, I always remember the biggest one for me was the conversate, the sustainability fucking conversation mm. and the holier than thouness of the, what are they called? The like, Diva cups. yeah, yeah, the moon cup. there's like four or five different ones. And I'm like, I've got a friend who uses them and she's like, yeah, I use it. It's fine. It's easy. But I know some people who are like very hardcore onto to sit to the point where like, they just look for things to make you feel bad about yeah. And one of the girls was having a go because I wouldn't use one. And I was like, I, like, oh, you just put some lube on and you put it up. And I was like, I physically can't get anything inside of me. Humans were not designed to do that. Like to it's, put plastic up. Like, I'm glad we did. It's a cool invention if you want to use it. But like to make someone feel bad for not using it, I can't listen to you. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying that to someone. I was like, end of the day, like, I get it. I do. I 
support being more sustainable I was like but right now I'm using pads like I physically can't use anything else and then the other one was about the idea of like what is it wearing like the sustainable pads so like the eco-friendly ones or the ones that you can wash mm. yeah and I guess so yeah yeah and I was I remember saying that I was like if I lived on my own in a build and I had my own washing machine yeah. Yes, that is something I would happily do. Right now, I live in a building where, like, I have to pay to go and use a communal lo- laundry room. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And but also, what if, I, what if I lose it? That's going to really frustrate me. Like, how many times have you lost pairs of socks? I'm not losing my pat, my like undies. Yeah, but also, I'd be so paranoid of like because I have quite heavy flows and I know that you wash it before you put it in obviously mm-hmm. but like I'd be so worried about like what if I accidentally dyed my whites <laughs> that's so true that's a real fear that's a real fear but I think that's all we have time for today but I'm so glad that you are here and we will do this again next week same time yes cannot wait for next week's episode yay well That's it for us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. You can find me at thepartition underscore life. And you can find Katrina at underscore satisfied cat. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. And as always, stay kinky.